<laughs> and then uh, we'll just let's talk about whatever's necessary for today and whatever comes up. Well, what's coming up for me? <laughs> what's come up for me is, and what I heard on our check-in was abundance. There's a, I have a problem with abundance. <laughs> like I have a problem with joy. <laughs> so that's what I want to talk about, I think, today. That's what I'm suggesting. That's what I want to talk about. Um, and so if, if I'm if you're happy for me to start then I can yeah. just give yeah, an yeah. overview of yeah what my what my difficulty is with with um with joy and abundance and things going well is like a, it's almost like I don't believe it like I don't trust it over a period of time it, my default programming or my default responses just keep you know coming back and saying are you sure or or even worse still and the opposite of imposter syndrome would be for me anyway is mr invincible now i used to talk about being feeling invincible and you know jokingly talk about saying yeah i went and did that because i was wearing my underpants on the outside of my trousers you know, as a as a sort of Scots version reference to Superman, you know, just bullshit. Um, and there, there's a massive ego involved in that. There's a massive buzz involved in that for me. Like I'm when I feel joy, um, it's almost like guilt comes after it. Like I don't deserve to feel it, um, and it, it comes naturally. Uh, it comes through connections like this, um, the, the abundance and the joyful connections that I had on the LKS gathering a few weeks ago, um, family and friends visiting on, on holiday, once in Wales, once in Ireland, that was in general really good uh, and things went really well um, and one of the things for me that helped was, was boundaries, boundaries in regards to alcohol, in regards to food and I, and I found a nice balance there. Um, and it felt really good. It felt really safe. However, that good feeling, that safe feeling, I felt a bit a, a bit jittery as a, as a result of it. You know, it's like a it's like an edge of it's like the edge of the sword. It's like the edge of you know joy and and, and grief together. And it's it's like oh, this is unusual. Um, what do I do with this? And and I think, or I'm getting a sense that I didn't do anything with it. I, I don't feel like I need to be fixed. Um, I, I feel and get a sense of this is what life is like in, in a healthy way. And you know, seeing to being in two different places, holding different space for different people to help them improve where they are or to help them find a way through whatever shit they're going through means to have a capacity and I think it's only having that capacity that allows that to happen that abundance to happen that space for whatever change is, is going to grow is going to organically come from from that space that's created if that makes any sense at all and and because it's unusual for me it's it's uh, it's it's lovely. It's it's good, um, and it's good fun. 
and it feels quite natural as well but because it's unusual for me that, that that there's an edginess that comes with it and that edginess reminds me of the hyper vigilance that i grew up with as a child you know that the, the, the sort of my previous experiences the wound if you like my, my little boy's wound and um and having went through the grieving the grieving process of that um and, and as much as grief tending and as well as experiencing the role of the fire keeper in, in the purification of the new ceremony that, that, that's on the, the, the end of ETA on the weekend. And um, that whole ceremony and that the experience of that particular role allowed me to, to experience and process, intentionally experience and process my grief as it, as it was present, as it was coming up. Um, and that that environment was such a freeing, safe environment to do it in. Um, when I was on the, the gathering recently, the, the transition between admin to being there on the event, as I was saying in my check-in, holding two different spaces, the cognitive and the somatic, or, or the, the, the logical and the spiritual world. I, was, I felt really heavy on the Friday. We were there Thursday to Sunday, and I felt really heavy on the Friday, and I was exhausted. I said, "What? The f how am I exhausted? I've not done enough. I've not done any physical work. I'm just drained. Like I feel really heavy." And I had a conversation with a, an elder, an older man, about what was going on, and and I realised he helped me realise that I was ex what I was expecting was grief, but it wasn't there. <laughs> so I was actually what I was feeling was the grief about no grieving. And it was like, well, what takes its place? I don't know. And what materialized and what came from that was just joy because it's it sounds mad to say that I was grieving the loss of grief and starting to and starting to give myself permission to enjoy life and to say, regardless of all the experiences that I've had, the thing that matters most is that I'm still here and I've still got a uh, an open heart and I'm still willing to help and support and love and care and you know you know I used to say you know if you're going to if you're going to strike me down you better make sure I didn't get up because I will get up again and I'll keep going and I'm glad I did uh, and that's where the joy is it's like wow that work has been has paid off because there's now space there's space for newness, there's space for creativity, there's space for development, there's space for playfulness and having fun. Um, and that's working. That is working with my relationship with Suzanne and um, with my relationship with my clients and business. Um, it's There's just an abundance everywhere. And, I, and I, can't, I still can't believe it. Part of me, I have to sort of pinch myself and go, wow, so this is what it can be like then if I take care of myself, if I get support when I need it, if I look after myself, and if, I, if I'm working in service to others, because that for me is, is, is one of the keys to this development, um, to trudging through the, the mire, as it were, to trudging through the ship to get to where it is. And it's, and it's, it's good fun. It's, it's actually quite good fun. Um, and, and there's a mischievous streak coming back in me that, that I think I didn't realize it's always been there. People would say that it was kind of there in me anyway, you know, but I was like, you know, because there was so many other things going on. Um, and I'm feeling happier just to let that 
there's stuff at that go. So um, I think that's a good point for me to shut up. Um, and that's right. That's, 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 that's where I am. Thomas, as you were as you were sharing there, I thought, oh, this guy's turning into a grief addict just before you mentioned the grief. And I thought he's moving the grief section. <laughs> I've been uh, there. The abundance you mentioned, Thomas, I'm really, I want to say I'm really happy for you, mate, and I can see it in you. You know, I see that joy and that abundance living in you. And I realise, like, for me, the reason I'm feeling abundance now is because I'm not in that fight or flight safety and survival mode and actually that frequency the abundance I believe is a frequency that's here and can connect to it but because of like, the stuff that I've been through the past couple of years I've been in survival fight, fight or flight fight for my life mode in a way so that's why I'm now starting to feel this get having coming through that space and, and taking good self-care back meditating and yoga and connecting that actually it's irrelevant how much finance I have. That's an irrelevance. I can feel when I feel the frequency of abundance, I don't need have money and I feel rich. And there's been times when I was going through the kind of safety and survival mode and I had a lot of money and felt absolutely broke and poor. And it's actually that mindset, that frame of mind. And, and I judge that there's a lot of people in this country and people we work with that are actually in that state their entire lifetime. That fight or flight mode, that safety and survival mode, and actually don't get the, the blessing of feeling abundance of feeling the joy of just being alive and looking at you men's beautiful radiant faces to be back here uh, and that for me that's the abundance it's that feeling of belonging worthiness uh, connection and love so I'm getting a whatsapp message come in so I just need to uh, acknowledge that uh, it's a guy who offered me a job, more money. <laughs> See, <and then> it's, <laughs> it's the other day, I was uh, I was feeling a bit broke, and I thought I need some finance to move, get this thing moving that I'm creating and working on again. And I went and did a, a Joe Dispenza abundance meditation, uh, and he's got hundreds of good meditations online for all various things and I really can't emphasise Joe Dispenza's work enough at the money. He really helped me come through stuff, his meditations. But I did an abundance one and it said uh, when I connect to that soulful part of myself, that wise, loving, free part, it says talk to that part and ask it to show you that it's real. And it was up abundance. So I'm in my meditation. I felt really present. One, call it what you like, just golden love and light inside. And uh, I'm like, all right, show me, show me, give me a message, give me a message. And I kid you not, about 20 minutes after I finished the meditation, a guy phoned me and said, listen, I've got this thing that I need done. Uh, are you willing to? Uh, it's, it's a few hours work and it's, it's good money you want to do it. It's, I say it's legal, just in case. Uh, <laughs> uh, and I thought, 
wow. It showed me the answer yeah. that quick. And I'm just, what I'm really uh, bringing here is the, the blessing of meditation. You know, the blessing of becoming still and present with me. Naturally, that's where that abundance comes from. When I'm connected to the source of life, whatever you like, energy, X, God, Allah, Jimmy, whatever you get to call that wise part of yourself that catches you doing stupid stuff sometimes. Uh, when I connect to that, that's where the abundance at. Like, I had this program and believe I had to work hard to earn money. Whereas the other day I sat in a chair for half an hour, did a meditation, and then it came out the ether. So uh, it's a miracle in a way, you know, like this mysterious entity that is life, God, the universe is. But uh, so I'm asking for a blessing. <laughs> well, we're at it and we're connected here, big guy. Any chance to look for a post? So any chance? See, who knows? Yeah, I believe that. That's uh, that's my take on abundance. Is it's not from doing doing stuff and working hard and creating. It's actually being and being in alignment with myself, taking care of myself, loving myself, loving others. And when I'm in that space, I feel joyful. And I feel abundant, and uh, I feel abundant with you, man. Thank you. That's me. I've said my bit. Thank you. Thanks, Thank you. Thanks, Robert. I'm, I'm really glad to. Sorry, Ashley. Go ahead. No, no, you go, man. I'm, I'm very glad to hear this talk of abundance, and I'm just noticing the the greenery that's behind Ashley, and and reflecting that this week that I started to see some autumn leaves start to fall from the trees around us here in Dublin and um, noticing that the, the grape, not the grapes, that would be great, there were grapes, blackberries, blackberries and the raspberries and the tomatoes in the garden, they're all starting to really come out and this is the real abundance time in nature, right? This is the harvest time. This is the time when the, when the crops are all coming in. And it's just interesting that we're reflecting on abundance when there's such the this, this this is the time in nature when when those that growing season spring and and summer is really paying off and it's all out there for us to go out and pick you know the mushrooms are starting to come up as well and uh it's just beautiful to hear men talking about this abundance of joy it's something that i've struggled with in the past I've, I've sometimes had this visceral feeling in, in, my, in my ribs um, and I've struggled uh, at times with a real discomfort when people have given me compliments or people have um, offered me work or, yeah, yeah, thanks. I see those hands. I see those hands. Thank you. And, I, and I, it took me a little while and I, I kind of sat there once with it when it came up for me and I was like, what am I feeling here? And I was like, actually, I'm feeling pride and I'm really fucking uncomfortable with that. And I'm really uncomfortable feeling proud of what I've done. And because um, it came up as a very viscerally uncomfortable feeling. And right there in my ribs, and, and, and I wanted to reflect actually on what Robert was saying there about that fight and flight system. I totally agree with you, Robert. And what I find with my clients and myself is that um, I get stuck there in my breath and sometimes my breath can get really fast 
And sometimes my breath can get really, really, really slow and it can actually freeze. It can actually really, really, really um, solidify and, and block, you know, my breath. I can't remember if I was saying this in the podcast before or not around the polyvagal system and the breath and the diaphragm and how it works and how, how it, um, it, it regulates the body. And when that's getting stuck, that, that can really cause an anxiety. You know, you're, you're not exchanging gas in your body. You know, you're not, you're not getting out carbon dioxide. You're not bringing oxygen in. And, and your brain can start to fire off um, signals that's kind of warning signals. You know, it's like something's wrong here, but you're not aware of what it is. And um, I use that technique all the time with my pain patients and people who have been in, in – um, in, in uh, discomfort for long periods of time and getting that breath, you know, um, regulating again so the body can relax, the muscles can relax. And I was trying to explain this to someone. She was cutting my hair. Um, she was cutting my hair this week because she was like, what, what, what do you do, you know? And I was like, see those scissors there? And she's like, yeah, yeah. And I said, you could, you know, use them for cutting um, hair. And she said, yep. And I said, you could also use them for cutting tags off clothes, you know? And she was funny. She was like, fuck off, not these scissors. No way, these, these, these are my good scissors. And she was funny. She, she got it, but she was like, not with these ones. And I said, so you get it. Like, that's a tool. You know, it's a tool you could use for doing two different jobs, you know, something similar. And that, and that recognizing that there's that freeze response in the body and that that can stop us from actually enjoying all of the stuff which is around us that stopped me in my life enjoying um you know pleasurable happy times and being and sitting with that um that happens all the time i've noticed recently um as i'm starting to get busier at this time of year i almost kind of think okay what do i have to do next i have to plan now for the next thing i can't be happy to, to sit here i have to think about you know um the next thing instead of being here in this abundance and uh it's beautiful to hear you men name that. It makes it, it makes it feel like it's more okay for me to own that part of myself, and um, and the the, uh, the almost the stuckness of letting that abundance actually land in the body and feel good. So thank you for holding the space open for me to name that difficulty and challenge for me. That's me more in with with my flash haircut. <laughs> <laughs> good job. Looks sexy, good. sexy. So, I'm too sexy for my haircut. <laughs> that could be a theme tune. <laughs> something, it's something that I've been talking to my daughter quite a lot about, about being present and finding the joy because that's all that really matters. And I feel like I've got to that space in my life now. And it felt like it was, if you'd asked me when I was 19, I would have said I already have it. You know, I'm a happy guy. You know, what's wrong with me? There's nothing wrong with me. It's everybody else. Um, when I started doing my personal work, I realized that there were some things that I was, I was unhappy about. There was something, you know, I was hiding away from feeling joy because I couldn't feel my, my feelings. I couldn't feel my emotions because I told myself when I, when I was young, it wasn't okay. So I kind of squashed everything i didn't know i had so yeah i was talking to someone recently about that that's uh, to my daughter she's really struggling with finding her joy and being present in the moment um 
and it took me back to a documentary that I watched about happiness. And they went to all sorts of different places, different cultures, different parts of the world to find who were the happiest people. And you know what? It was people in slums in Mumbai. And it's like, because they're just present, they're just living in the moment, day by day, connecting with their family, supporting each other, loving each other. And I'm like, yeah, that's, you know, that's like one of the keys to life, I think, that most people just miss out on. Like just really connecting with the people that are around you and trying to love them and trying to, trying to find ways to be happy and to make other people happy. Try and find ways to feel loved and to let other people know that they're loved. I mean, that, that for me, that, that brings me so much joy. So much joy. And uh, yeah, before I did my personal work, I didn't, I didn't know what I was missing out on. I didn't know how much joy I was missing out on. Um, and the defining, the, the moment for me was when I was, I was at quite a low point about four years ago. And I was listening to a podcast and I was walking along in a beautiful place. And the message was to be able to, to, be able to move forward from all the baggage. It's so simple, but you just have to connect with the beauty and the joy and the love in every moment of every day. And I just, I stopped, I stopped dead in my tracks and I was, and it hit me like a, you know, like a wet fish around the face, like, Ashley, you don't do that. You don't do that most of the time, any of the time, really. Like, look at you right now. You're in a beautiful place. What are you connecting with? You're connecting with that swirl of stuff going round in your head. Why this? Why that? Can't process this. Got to fix that. It's like, what about how beautiful this place looks right now? And so I decided to try and take that into every day and try and remind myself every day, like, how can I find the joy in this moment? And it, it really works for me. And I know for some people that hear that message, they'll go, well, yeah, yeah, that's a good message. And it won't hit them like a wet fish in the face. And yeah, I don't know. I don't know if there's any you know, logic to that as to, as to when that message will drop for someone and they'll go, yes, that's the one. That's the one that is going to work for me to take me forwards. Um, yeah, some people look at my house and they think it looks insane. I've got seven kids and, you know, sometimes they're all, they're all there at the same time and it's loud and it's lively and there's a fight going on over here. And then there's, you know, people want to sleep in the lounge over there. You know, it's, it's, it's all going on all the time. And I just look at it all and I just smile. And I'm just like, this is so lovely and beautiful to just be around all these people and try and connect with them all and try and make them feel happy and loved. Um, it's beautiful. Bit like living in the slum in Mumbai, but not quite because I'm living in Surrey. <laughs> yeah, that's me. Thanks, Ashley. Thank you, Ashley. Thanks, Ashley. Uh, Ash, Ash, have you ever um, actually been hit in the face of a whitefish? No. <laughs> no, but I think it, I think it would really work for some people sometimes. It, does it matter on what kind of fish it is? No, but I think it has to be long. Like, I think I don't know if it came from Monty Python. There was a Monty Python sketch where they <laughs> whacked each other in the face with wet fish, yes. and there was a little dance that went with it. It was hilarious. But yeah, sometimes, like, sometimes with my with my friends, I I, I say, you know, do, do you need me to go and get you a wet fish? So you know. You can you can really really take this message home. <laughs> I thought I got you a trout once. <laughs> 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 the dam. Excuse, excuse me about that. 
Aye, aye. You just <laughs> you took me back to old times, and actually, where you took me to was uh, fishing at the dam in Colsyth. And actually, it was my childhood. That time where money uh, I was still being provided for. So there was none of that thought. Uh, I need to get. I need to get, and actually catching a fish was like because we weren't that good at fishing. You know, it was a, it was about getting it, and then maybe a few cans of lager. So it was maybe the lager pulled as opposed to the fish. But actually, how? And it was maybe then when I started to wake up to nature, being the provider of everything, everything I had, every clothing on my back, every food morsel of food I'd ever ate, every part of my car. And uh, it's funny, I was, I, was, I was in a men's group last night, we to give a blessing. And my blessing was for the trees. Just because at this time I judged that maybe these things that provide our life and sustenance, you know, if it wasn't for the trees, and I don't want to get into a tree-hugging zone, which I kind of like, but... Uh, Go there, Robert. I love hugging trees. Go there, mate. Right. <laughs> but, uh, that was my blessing, and I invited the Gunner Circle men, and I says, men, please, and I invite you men, and I invite anybody in Caldwell out here with this subject, I invite you to be thankful to the trees. Because that, uh, that the trees have provided oxygen and breath and life and sustenance for me and my family forever. You know, and they don't ask for anything in return, so um, I'm, I'm going I'm out my way to actually say, people, listen, just maybe, I just, I'm just bringing some gratitude to the trees behind you there, Ashley. That they, if it wasn't for them, we wouldn't be here, you know, and and, and and bringing awareness to that abundance. That actually, that they provide the oxygen. And I'm sad as I speak this, that actually, and there's countries that were ravaging the trees to make shit things like iPhones and computers that none of us really need because we need one, no one every year. I'm going to go on a rant, so I'm going to stop this here. I feel a rant at these corporations that are raping our land, our mother. She's the abundance. You know, this planet we live on, uh, this uh, mother, this womb that we live on, it's where all abundance comes from. And and me as a younger man, I, I wasn't grateful for that because I wasn't taught to be grateful for that. You know, I was in safety and survival, so I would quite happily burn the farmer's field for a laugh, you know, and that, that kind of set the glen on fire for, for kicks. And, and now I think, wow, you know, when I look back in the times in the psyche, that young boy, how fun he was. You know, like we call it fun. And it, it was fun for that wee boy, but actually it was also destruction, you know. So I could go to grief here, Thomas. You'll be, you'll be in a minute here, uh, but I'm feeling a bit of grief as I speak this. That... Uh, I'm glad, I'm glad I've got the capacity and I've woke up enough to be grateful for the planet we live on and for the, the trees that provide their life and sustenance and abundance. And I uh, don't know if that was a wee bit of a tangent, but uh, <clears throat> aye, hands up to the trees. That's me. That's Percy Thrower done. <laughs> Thanks, Robert. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, I'll pitch in here for a second then. Thanks for bringing this up. Uh, you know, it was interesting for me 
Thomas, is the way you started that, as you said, you had a problem with abundance. <laughs> um, and that's, I think, very, very telling. Um, and it resonates with me. Um, and so from what I'm hearing, the problems, problem with abundance and with joy is, is that um, effectively you block it. Right? You don't allow it in. And, um, and I know that I haven't my whole life, for, for a lot of my life. So it's a very... It's a very, there's a bunch of different points of view here and it's, and it's great to hear all of them. And for me, this is, a, is quite an esoteric kind of metaphysical concept because a lot of people in my judgment find this stuff airy-fairy or kind of woo-woo to think about. Because I, I resonate with Robert. I think that it, it's, it works on energy frequencies as well. And, um, and um, for me, it's about it's, it's got a lot to do with uh, cultural and social conditioning. And when I'm, when I'm negative, when I'm always concerned about something, when I'm constantly thinking that I'm never good enough, when I'm constantly searching for more, I'm sending out messages that are quite clear that I'm not good enough. Or when I want something else, when I have a desire or a need for something else, it's saying that what I have isn't enough. And joy can't read, can't live in that space. It's, it's, um, and, and I'm not sure that joy and abundance are mutually inclusive, um, but they need to be together. And in fact, most of my life, I thought that, you know, abundance was money. That's what I thought. I thought abundance was money and I needed more money to be happy. When in actual fact, what I've come to discover that abundance means an absolute wealth of everything. Right? So it's not just money, but it's love. Uh, it's kindness, it's tolerance, it's gratitude, it's family, it's friends, it's the way I show up in the world, it's the things that I do, and, and you know, the, the man that I've become, and, and how much do I give back? And I've come across people recently who are very stuck in a rut that I can see, so much so that I've had people criticize me because they're effectively jealous of the kind of composure that I've managed to attain in my life without, so I don't kind of um, entertain certain types of conversations and I don't allow myself to get drawn in and reeled into the negativity of stuff as much anymore. And I'm very careful about the language that I use as well. Because language can create that. It can create the block. It can create a space where I, I cut myself off from either feeling, being or feeling connected to the world. Um, and I know you're talking about the grief and uh, Thomas and what I got from that is, it's like when I'm used to something, I'm addicted to that sort of idea, that chaos. So anything else for me is foreign. So how do I let something else in? Um, yeah, and for the longest amount of time, and I've had experiences in my life where at, at points I've had lots of everything. I've had lots of love, lots of money, lots of success, lots of happiness, lots of joy, people, things happening around me. And then I've had other points where I've lost everything and everything's crashed. And I'm not, you know, when, I'm, when all those good things are happening, I'm connected. It's a warm, safe, loving, comfortable, fucking helpful world. And when I'm not and I'm disconnected, it's chaotic, it's hateful. I can't trust anybody. No one trusts me. It's cold. It's fucking dark. And it's just uncomfortable. Um, and I think our society, our culture teaches us to stay disconnected. Um, I've been listening to a great book um, from a guy it's called Letting Go. The subtitle is The Pathway of Surrender, Dr. David R. Hawkins. And he talks about 
different emotions and different states of being and the frequencies that they have, that they hold on a spectrum from zero to a thousand with peace being right at the top and fucking negativity and grief and jealousy and anger being really right at the bottom. And there's, there's a kind of tipping point. There's a tipping point and courage is the tipping point and courage courage is is operates at a level of about 200 and that's the point where where we start to create more because we believe that we can change we don't need to be jealous we don't need to be angry we don't need to be possessive we don't need to be insecure we don't need to grieve necessarily um and and then there's a willingness to want to make a change and we hit that level of courage and at that level of courage, life starts to look different. And for me, when life starts to look different, different things start to happen. Yeah. And, and that is connection. It is, it is doing things for people. It is beginning to be able to inspire people, to add value to people's lives. People notice that I'm different. They don't know what it is, but they can see something. People are attracted to me, i.e. Robin, you know talking to people at the gym people not, not you're attracted to me you'll think about what you say i'm not repelling i'm not repe- i know i know you are attracted to me. Of course. <laughs> and it's okay no, not bad boy. <laughs> but, but it's but it's exactly that thing it's like you were saying you know for a change like you know it's then you've gone through phases and you realize that this is happening there's been a time when you've repelled people and now you're in a space where you're attracting people and that's got to do with the the energy that you're giving off and you're attracting that vibration of abundance um, and it's joy. And those, like I said, those things aren't mutually inclusive, but one or the other, they go, they go together. And ironically, it's not that abundance comes first and then I'm going to be joyful. It's kind of like I need to find the joy and then abundance is going to come. Right. And I used to think all of these things sounded like fucking bullshit, you know, and, and I, I know that I can't predict the future at all because living in the future, all that gets me is fear. You know, what if, what if, what if something's coming to get me and I'm terrified, man, and that keeps me small. And all that living in the past does gives me guilt. And when I'm guilty, that just keeps me small as well. But I can't tell, I can't predict the future, but what I can do is I can predict, I can see patterns by looking back and connecting the dots and going, you know, this happened just before this happened. This was a terrible moment in my life. How was I behaving just before that? Like what was happening? You know what I mean? How was I acting to myself and to other people? Uh, okay, this was a really awesome moment in my life, right? Just before that, what was I like? You know what I mean? I was, I was fun. I was loving. I was, I was comfortable. I was engaging. Um, so I get that. And I battle with that on daily sometimes as well. You know what I mean? I, I lived in a lot of hypervigilance and survival mode for a very long time. And, when I, and it was due to just all of the stuff coming from a family where there was just fighting and arguing and abuse, uh, waking up every morning feeling like I had, to, I had to survive. It comes from where I remember it from is from the drugs, you know, waking up every morning, just fucking jonesing or recovering and just like hit with it and get an adrenaline dump. So for ages, I'd wake up sober. And the minute I woke up, I'd have an adrenaline dump and my heart would start beating. And I would have to survive. What I do now is, is I don't get out of bed until I have a positive thought. Because the way I start my day, the way when I get out of bed, the way I'm feeling is how the, I carry on throughout the day. And it's all of those things that have helped me change as well as meditation and all of that. So yeah, it's it's 
this is something I've put a lot of um, a lot of study into. Um, and I know now what it feels like when I'm connected. I know now what it feels like when I'm abundant and when things are happening. And it can literally change just like that. The minute I start to let go of what I think I'm supposed to have in this world and what's supposed to be meant for me, the minute I let go of that and I let go of my pride and I recognize my ego, it's always going to be there. And I, and I let go of the fact that I think people owe me apologies <laughs> and I can justify any kind of anger and resentment. The minute I let go of that stuff, all of the suffering changes. And then what happens is I get a WhatsApp and somebody offers me some money or a job, <laughs> right? And the very next day, things can change. Sounds easier, though, said than done. Um, but it's around us all the time. That's my that's my piece on that. That's my piece on that. It's always there. There's, there's, it's the difference between a, what's called a poverty mindset and an abundance mindset. Mm. And the world, the news, the politicians, the governments, all of them want us to believe that there just isn't enough. Mm-hmm. That's the message that is drilled into human beings all the time. Scarcity creates conformity, right? Definitely. <laughs> Definitely. And, and competition. Yeah. And, and, and competition. You know, that's interesting. I was thinking about that earlier today. I was just thinking about someone who said, oh, I'm very competitive. Very, very competitive. And uh, they were quite proud of that. And I was just thinking to myself, but that's the reason, that's the reason you've come off your bicycle twice, broken both your arms, both your collarbones and a fucking leg. You know what I mean? Is that really that good? Because what competition does mm. is, is it separates us. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, and enables people to validate themselves. Yes, I am the best. Yes, I did try hard enough. Yes, I am worthy. Yeah, but when I'm the best, that means somebody else isn't. Yeah, everybody else is. And that's what that creates. That's what that creates. It it creates a disconnect. So you know, great that you're competitive, but did you know that's because you think you're not good enough? Mm. I I would like to. I would like to pull. I would like to pull this back. from the, the from where we're going with the, the competition and the division. And what, what I've heard is I don't disagree with um, in relation to, to discord and in relation to politics and culture and society and, and all that stuff. Um, it's my experience that in, a, in abundance or joy, and I love the way you described it there, Bradley, um, abundance is everything. Um, enjoys the emotion that comes with some aspects of abundance, if you like. If, if I'm aware of it, that's my understanding of it as well. Um, but thank you for clarifying that. Um, I've heard one or two comments about about grief, and um, there was a joke made about me being addicted to grief, and and that's that's true. Um, I think that's true. Uh, the old me was addicted to grief because I was brought up with grief. I was brought up in grief. And what happened to me caused me to grieve. But but I hid it. I hid it behind jokes. I hid it behind um, the... I hid it behind Mr. Invincible, to go back to what I was saying, about wearing my underpants on the outside of my trousers. I hid it behind the ego of I'm bigger, I'm stronger than you. And it's the competition that you've just been talking about. 
you know, I even made that crass statement or a statement that I would judge as crass that if you're going to knock me down, you better make sure I don't eat it up. That's competition, right? And that's ego speaking. So for me, my experience of it, and this is this is through Francis Weller's work, um, a, whose book is here, I think, The Wild Edge of Sorrow. Um, he talks about gathering at the well of grief and grief tending in community. Now, if that isn't something that we do as part of the Mankind Project, and I don't know what is, uh, at certain times in the process, and once we've, once we've cleared out that, once we've processed that, once we've went through the grief and expressed it, Weller says that grief is a, is a threshold emotion. And I know that you know this as well, that when we do express grief, we usually find joy at the other end. We usually find an abundance of something at the other end. And what Weller says supports your comments about, about culture and society, about flatlining everything. He says we flatline everything. Like we, we don't even register the impact that our behaviour is having on the planet. Mother Earth, nature, the abundance that, that Robert talked about, where everything material that we have or own or could buy or whatever want comes from. Mm -hmm. We don't acknowledge that. So he talks about all the grief, the grief of the world, the environment, the impact of how we treat each other and how we treat the planet. He talks about the grief of our ancestors, what we inherited, what we've been led to believe in the stories that we've been brought up with as a consequence of our maybe unhealthy family connections or maybe healthy family connections. And so it's not just simply somebody dying or, or losing something that we love, because Weller says it's a fearful thing to love what death can touch. And in that sense, he talks about not just relationships or people dying, he talks about the loss of a person. Like I grieve my addict because that was a persona, that was part of me. Um, or I have grieved that part of me. And every now and again it pops up and I'm reminded to allow myself to grieve. It just It's not a case of doing it and that's it for me. It's part of a, a grief-tending process that every time grief comes up, my experience is it creates space. It creates space to allow other things to come in, like I heard you talking about there, Brad, as well, I think. That creation of space to allow something else to come in and that, in my experience, takes practice. And it's taken me a long time, as I've heard one or two of you say as well, it's, it's taken me a long time as well to, to learn that, yeah. to find the courage to allow that, yeah. to, to, to feel safe enough to express and allow my grief. And I've, I've, you've seen it in these, you've seen it from me before, yeah. <laughs> many times probably. Um, but I, I, you can't, in my experience, you can't have one without the other. Um, and whether you do it on your own, whether you do it with someone else with you, whether you do it in a group, um, it's part of the process of healing. It's part of the process of growing. It's part of the, it's part of the process of allowing the abundance in so that I can surrender. Instead of holding my grief in or fighting it, I can just allow it um, or indeed allow my anger and express it cleanly and clearly. Well, and that's what I use my men's groups for. That's what I use my circles for, you know? If there's something that I need to process and I can't get it out, and it's no safe to do it anywhere else, I'll do it in my men's group, in right. an eye group. Um, I do it on the weekends. When I go to the weekend, I find the weekends really quite cathartic. I get so much out of the weekends before the men even arrive. 
-hmm. you know, um, because I know that I've got to clear out my shit so that I can be in the right place for men to come. And that's what I see the, the, the definitely the thirsty for. So, you know, it's, it's like it's such a joy to hear this conversation. It's, it's, and it, and it, it's so refreshing to be able to reflect on it from different perspectives and different approaches. And that there's an abundance here for, for anyone that wants to, to, to unlearn what they've learned from their parents or from society or whatever. And, and find the courage to take a risk and, and, and look for learning something new, um, which is, uh, I feel blessed that I've been able to do that and, and I've not been able to do it on my own. And I'm still doing it with the support of you men. And so, yeah. Um, yeah, I'm grateful for, the, for that. I'm grateful for that abundance and the opportunity and the joy. Yeah, I just wanted you. to say that about you. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, thank you. And I'll just add as well, like I'm very much in a practice all the time of practicing letting go of my fear. Mm, sorry, of, rem of, rem of remembering that that stuff is not real because mm. um, that shit blocks me off but i get i'm so much closer all the time and i can feel that start to happen as well i get this tingling there's a real fucking excitement and my life just gets better and better and better all the time but it's it's a constant practice every day going shit bad you know what that shit ain't real bro <laughs> that shit ain't real and no. even if it is what does it matter do you know what I mean? Because mine is anger. Like I just want to, I just want to hold everyone accountable, but I'm literally <laughs> grabbing the fucking shit and fucking smacking. Really? <laughs> really? You? You had a note to stay. Never noticed that. Like, I am justified. I'm <laughs> Captain fucking justified over here with my underpants on and my fucking cape on. <laughs> you know, it's, I'm laughing because a wise man said to me, and I, and I hate the phrase, but it's true, and it sums up what you're saying. He said to me, "Surrender." wins the war surrender wins the war and it's like ah oh, jesus thomas was, was that that wise man i tell everybody that i'm the best wise man <laughs> i'm sure we all know wise men of various different flavors right, so, i just want to come back because it was beautiful really i loved your sharing about grief and stuff but actually and you talked about clearing our shit up to be ready for men but also a judge, mate, when you were in uh, and I've been in the grief process, that's that's sometimes the right space to hold space for another man as well. You know, uh, with your experience, you've obviously, you you work in that level and, and support people with the grief. But for me, when I was in grief, there was people coming to me that were just behind the path. And I was like, for me, accessing my grief, the, for the way I started to access my grief was not actually held in circles of men. I wasn't, what's the term? I didn't feel safe enough within myself and I didn't trust anybody. So what I would do is I'd go and play music and get in the car at night time and drive in the mountains to access my grief. That was the, the road in for me. Fun enough up to walk home was the road in for me. But until I could get to that space that I felt safe enough within myself and within men to actually cry in another man's shoulder, so I mean, I just want to acknowledge that that sometimes when we're in our grief, it's still the right space, and and uh, I uh, just uh, clearing me up and and being in my grief was the right space for people who had grief because I had just a slightly wee bit more experience of tapping into grief, uh, and I was talking to a man about it last night, quite a a wise man, as you say. <laughs> I know. <laughs> uh, <laughs> 
and he was saying uh, he's, he's accessing grief and he's done a lot of work in written books and uh, but he was saying his wife went away for a week for a holiday or a, a week a group or something for a few days with women and it was watching films that, that came in the door and I was surprised because he is this wise man that's written books but actually it was just films so back to abundance I, I just wanted to cover in the grief uh, I invite everybody to believe, and I don't want the, the one miracles, uh, the miracle of abundance, let's call it. You know, and the funny way you were talking about boy, Brad, I fully agree, but my happiest time in my life, I was gifted a training course that cost tens and hundreds, nearly a hundred thousand pounds worth of training. It was a gift for the universe. You know, and that's when I was at my happiest in, in the past, but it was probably nine years ago now. Uh, I was single, funnily enough. <laughs> uh, but uh, that, 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 this, this universe, like, gives us gifts. No, because we're worthy. No, because we're ready, but just because we're blessed beings. Well, it's a blessing to be here in a way. And it's actually an abundance to be in this realm and this humanity uh, where life is matter and it doesn't matter. That's when I'm meditating. I'm in that space of oneness where I don't really feel the matter in me, the tension, the blocks, the grief, the, 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 the angers, because that's more the matter side of life. Whereas when I'm connected to that pure presence and and, uh, and stillness and golden light, then that's where the blessing and the gift of abundance comes from, I believe, being connected to ourselves on a deep level in that space. But I just, I just uh, the reason I'm saying this is, and it's an invitation to anybody that's listening and myself is like, I need to remember sometimes that this is a mysterious universe and, and world and planet and, and how it operates. And especially the spiritual realms, there's no logic to spiritual realms. Like the mind wants to try and find a way through, but there is no logic in the higher realms yourself. Ups, down, left, right, and and miracles happen. So I ask every day to pray for uh, Pray for abundance for themselves and for me, I'm skin. <laughs> uh, uh, but I need to trust and remember that this thing brings miracles and, and gifts. And and even in, also I want to say even the things that happened to, have happened to me, there's always been a gift on the other side of that journey. Like you were saying, Thomas, with a great comment and joy. So riding the wave of pain brings blessing normally and that's I uh, I went I mean I felt a bit a tangent there but anyway I wanted to share that thank you brother thanks man cool and I think that's a uh, whilst uh, there's always more to talk about uh, it's a good place for us to leave it today because we've got a couple of men that need to to go off and sort other things out so uh, again fantastic man thank you very much uh, awesome topic awesome contributions um, and I'm going to stop the recording on this one for now and we can pick this up again at, uh, at another time thank you thank you